Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Dafa Shavua. As we study Mesechas Yevamos, this week studying Daf Tes Vav. We're getting very close to the end of the first parak, parak Rishon of Mesechas Yevamos in a couple of weeks. We also have a unique opportunity this Shabbos as we come to Parshas Say That's when we're recording this year, studying Yevamos, and we know and you'll see this in this week's Parsha, the sources, the Torah sources for Yibam in this week's Parsha. Perik Chafhei Pasakei. I want to share with you very briefly a uh, fascinating Ibn Ezra. You know, the Ibn Ezra generally goes very Pshat, and it is Pshat, but it, of course, takes into account the Torah Shabbat Peh. And he says right on the very first Pasuk in this week's Parsha, at least the Parsha of the Yavama, which again is Parakei, Parachafei, Pasukei. What does the Torah come to teach us? Ki im yeshlo bein, ein tzorech kihi asura. That when you have the first Pasuk that's talking about this concept of Yibam, he is telling us to remember the entire first Parak of Mesechus Yavamos which discusses the women, that's the name of the chapter, the 15 women, and we've added a number of others, who by definition would be considered to be arayos. And the one exception is the Eishas Ach, but only as the Ibn Ezra reminds us on the Pasuk, ki im yeshlo bein ein kihi asura. So it's only when there's no child, because if not it would be an Isser, the Ibn Ezra is not getting into the extent of the Isser, but we know as far as one of the arayos, and of Karis. In fact, on uh, the same Pasuk, he goes on to give Pshat of the opportunity for a Yavam to do Yibam. If not, there's a Chalitza there. So you'll see as you go through the Rishonim, just using Ibn Ezra as an example, Rashi would be more obvious. You'll go through the Rishonim in this week's Parsha, and already from the first parak of Masechah's Yavamas, you'll have more of an understanding. What I want to do today, as I've done in uh, most of Masechus Yavamas, as opposed to focusing on two, three, or four halachic issues, as I've done in the past, we have so many shasugyas, so I generally pick one issue, and we try to expand upon it halachalamas, and the same thing is going to happen this week. The Gemara makes a comment in discussing the shita of Beis Hillel and Beis Shammai, whether they would marry into each other's families, and the Gemara makes the following comment. V'chitema lima'asan, this is on Tesvav Amad Aleph. Would you allow a woman to become repulsive to their spouse? Chas v'shalom, because dirachaha darche noam v'chol nivoseha shalom. Quoting from a pasug in Mishlei, Perigimel pasug yudzayin, the Torah's ways are ways of pleasantness, noam, and all its paths are paths of peace. And therefore, the conclusion of the Gemara before the next Tashma is that to require chalitza in these circumstances where it's not necessary, just to go through the chalitza in order to satisfy one view would run counter to the ways of the Torah. To push someone into a ritual that's not necessary. And as I mentioned earlier, 
I actually saw a chalitza ceremony take place. It's a somewhat of a degrading, I wouldn't call it a degrading ceremony if the halacha requires it, but when the halacha doesn't require it, then the ceremony would be a prohibition. You know, I was thinking about this last week when we came to the prohibition of Baal Tashchus, right? Baal Tashchus is considered to be a terrible thing, to rip a garment. You're taking something, some holy, something that's given to us by Hashem, even if it's not what we consider to be holy, but a gift from Hashem and you rip it up, yet there's certain times where it'll be necessary, and therefore it's not Baal Tashchus. It's not degrading to rip a garment. Sometimes I we see degrading when you rip a garment on someone else. If I would go ahead and rip a shirt off of someone, there's no covered abrios over there. But if I'm a rub doing it when there's a need, then there's no issue. It's not degrading. It's not batashkas. There's a necessity to it. So we have this concept where something could be inherently off. It's not the right type of behavior, but if it's in the context of mitzvah, then it would be allowed. Chalitza would be such an example. What we're going to try to show in this shear today, and a fascinating topic, and I've never really gone as deep as I did this year, is that so often the expression, that sounds like on the surface, like a slogan. We have a number of slogans that are not just slogans. We have to kamocha. As I've discussed in the past, is codified into law. We came across in the parsha recently, Vasisa Hayashav Hatov. These are not just expressions in the abstract, they're integrated into the halachic system, and this is going to be one of them, Noah. And what I want to try to suggest today, and I'll give you proofs for it, is that often, not exclusively, but often Noah is in the context of mitzvah, ritual, liturgical type of either behavior, actions, and even there we are concerned about the dignity of the human being, the impression that we create as far as Hashem's Torah. And it's not going to be all is said and done. Even, for example, I use the Baal Tashchus. You have to do it in a respectful way. You're dealing with a woman, it has to be done in a modest way. You're dealing... With a man, there's also modesty there, and you're not going to destroy the entire garment so that his body is revealed. As you see in this context, in the significant issues between Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel, is meant as a Torah principle. It's found in Mishlei. Interesting that it's not in the Chamisha Chumshe Torah, but it's clearly a principle from this period and continues in Jewish history have an impact on how we behave. And what I'm going to do is move beyond Mesechus Yavamos and give some very practical examples and some that have been relevant even in this pandemic and maybe specifically we've learned about them through this experience that we are unfortunately still going through today. Let me share with you something from Rambam. We're going to do a lot of work from Rambam Shulchan Aruch, bottom line not going through so many other Gemaras. Some of this sugi is found, especially in Maseches Gideon and the Nuns. Some of it is in Sota. We also have this covered in Arachayim issues, and we'll touch on some of it. In a general sense, there's a very important Rambam. I repeat this Rambam very often to my own family and beyond. 
The Rambam in Hilchus Malach and Perak Yud, Halacha Yud Beis, is talking about the need, one of the places where the Rambam talks about the need to help the poor, to help Geirim, to support people that are vulnerable. And the context is he, uh, here in the Rambam is how this relates to non-Jews, people especially who are involved in Avodah Zarah, but even in more general terms, the non-Jewish world. And while there are certain distinctions made in certain areas of law, the Rambam says, We have a responsibility to take care of humanity. Because of the ways of peace. Now, many people quote this, I believe, inappropriately and incorrectly, that it's because if we don't do it, they're going to hurt us. That's not the formulation of the Rambam. It would say, Misham Eva, which we do see sometimes, but not in this context. And especially because the Rambam goes on to say, And then, our Pasuk, our Gemara Masechus Yivamas, And this is formulated in the Arach HaShulchan, basically a restatement of the Rambam, Simon Pei Sif Tesvav in the Yerach HaShulchan in Hilchus Malachim. How is it possible the Yerach HaShulchan wrote Hilchus Malachim? Because the Yerach HaShulchan has the halachos for today. That's the regular Yerach HaShulchan. And this is actually in the Yerach HaShulchan Ha'atid. When we talk about the future, the ideal world, it's the Jew making sure that he takes care of not only the Jew, but the non-Jew as well. And the reason why this is such an important source, it's not Kiddush Hashem. That's not what's driving it. But within the general principle of life is to take care of people. It's an inherent value. It's not a byproduct that is going to lead to something positive. But when, as I mentioned before, where you typically see and what I'm telling you now is found in Adrisha, who makes a statement in his commentary on the Halachas and the Shulchan Aruch and on the tour, the Drisha points to us and says, is found especially in how mitzvos are performed. I could send you the exact source of the Drisha. The Drisha tells us, You'd have to see why it's in Chosha Mishpat. He actually brings it in relating to this week's parsha of the Mitzvah Shabbos Aveda and a detail there. So let me give you a few examples of how this applies. And what we'll try to focus on in the month of Elo, Anil Do Divado Dili, it's especially in the home. Here's the most famous one. The Rambam Hilchus Megillah B'Chanukah Perik Dalat Halacha Yudalat, based on the Gemara, tells us that if a person has a challenge in front of him, Hayulafan of Ner Beso Vener Chanukah Uner Beso, he only has enough funds, or he only has a ner to use it for Shabbos light or for Hanukkah light. What wins the day? And what wins the day? And also even Kiddush may be there. So this would be a problem, a challenge even on a regular Shabbos. Ner Beso code them. In general rule, we're not going to go through all the details, the ner of the Beso works. Shalom Beso, because it's Shalom bias. So within the general principles of the assays of whether it's Shabbos or Hanukkah, Shalom Bayis is going to win the day. Gadol HaShalom Shekha Atar Nitna Shalom. 
and he quotes So we see over here, this is not just a bonus, but we see this term that in our Gemara is used in the context of standing in the way of just putting someone through a ritual of chalitza, if there's no purpose to it, the same we see over here in the context of mitzvot, how is going to actually drive the whole seder ha-mitzvot that takes place. The Yarech HaShulchan talks about this fascinating as well in Trumos, that if you go throughout the, the mitzvot of Trumos and Maestros, you see a special emphasis in Chazal to make sure to take care of your family first. There are ways to include others, and why so often in the context of Truma and the Torah, even it talks about the family, same idea, you know, we could be nice to people on the outside, our rituals have to be focused at first on the people that we are, we are living with. Now let me give you a coronavirus application. At our shul minyanim, and shul sanctioned minyanim, only recently have we reintroduced the regular seder alios. We know that in general you have a Kohen and then you have a Levi and then you have the Israelim, etc. During coronavirus, things changed because for much of the time that we were reading the Torah, when we finally had the schus to read the Torah, the Balkore received all of the Elias for safety reasons and obviously based on the Sakh of great uh, Gedolim. But the Rambam reminds us in Hilchus Tfilo and says, Kapayim Perik Yud Beis Halacha Yud Ches, Bechol Kriya Ukriya Me'ilu Kohen Kari Risha, V'achar of Levi V'achar of Yisra. When we get back to the normal, and Baruch Hashem now we're somewhat in a new normal as far as laning, we have this order. Now the reality is, is the Kohen should not be the driving force. If you go through the whole sugya, the biggest Talmud Chacham should be the one who gets the first aliyah. A Talmud Chacham even before a Kohen. What Chazal did was in order to institute the fact that we, this will lead to machlokas, to avoid machlokas, Chazal instituted this Seder of Kohen Levi Yisrael. And when you look at the commentaries on the Rambam here, they all jump back to the quote from our Gemara because of Darchei Shalom. So Darchei Shalom, and this Pasa, B'chol Vaseha Shalom, again, if we go back to the Drisha, within ritual life, how the ritual is going to be done is going to be calibrated by Mibnei Darchei Shalom. I'm giving you a direct quote in Rechaim Kanievsky's parish on Megillah Vachanika, his parish on Shof of Sukkah where he talks about over there how we would never end up using a lulav that would injure your hand. There's a question sometimes, is it would it be a chatzitza if you put something between your hand and what's being used? It's not going to be a chatzitza if the purpose of it is in order not to get cut because, again, I've many other applications of this. I'll give you really a, a fascinating one because we're running out of time from the Lavush. And this is found in Lavush Archaim Simon Yud Sif Yud. I want to give you some historical context which will make this more interesting. The Lavush, I very often say the Lavush was the one who came in second place. He wanted to write a Shulchan Arch, Rabbi Yosef Kaira beat him to it. He wanted to write the Ramah, the gloss on the Shulchan Arch, Ramosha Israelis beat him to it. Even some of the commentaries on the Lavush 
are known more than the Lavush himself, but the Lavush is very important. And the Lavush in Simon Yud, Sif Yud, in Archaim, who he's living at a time when people outside, Jews and non-Jews, are wearing different types of garments based on whatever culture they're in. He lived in the 16th and 17th century in Poland. And in this simon, he talks about different ways that people would wear clothes. And the discussion over here is whether you need tzitzes if these different types of clothes, Jewish types of garments, secular types of garments, have four corners. There's even a question the Shulchan Aruch raises if it's on your, let's say you have a, a four-cornered hat, it must have been a style of hat, do you have your tzitzes hanging down? He's discussing a situation that seems pretty similar to our coats, where you would have four-cornered, you think about the type of coat that would be four corners, do you have to put tzitzes on the bottom of the coat? There's nowhere that says you have to wear tzitzes on your undershirt, it's supposed to be on your garment. There's even a discussion if you're wearing an undershirt to absorb sweat. Should tzitzes be on there with Dalit Confos? It's a question that comes up with some of the tzitzes today. So he goes through a whole analysis. And he wasn't the first to say it. I just love his analysis. And he says that on this type of coat, where the tzitzes would end up close to the ground and would obviously lead to a, a bezoy of the mitzvah, then there's not a requirement, but that's not what he focuses on. What he focuses on is the mental health aspect because he says what's going to end up happening is the individual will constantly be checking his sitzes to lift them up to make sure that they're not on the ground and this will lead to tsar and there's no mitzvah that's going to be instituted to drive a person crazy. Now, again, you have to explain in Hilchasitzes how you get away with it if this is Dalit Confos. Then you'll have to explain this is not the type of garment that requires it. I found another Lavush, as I was looking through the Lavush, where he has a similar formulation where he's talking about an Eruv. You know, an Eruv is meant to bring people close to each other. The Lavush Arachayim Simon Shin Sadi Shin Samach Zayin Sif Aleph, Daf Yomi these days they're learning Erevin, and he says, In order to have Erev Chatseros, everyone has to agree that the Erev is going to be put up or they have to become some type of form of partnership, literally connected to each other. And the Ramah is saying that even in his time, people didn't want to, and they actually specifically did not want to contribute to it so that their neighbor, not only should their neighbor not be able to carry on Shabbos, so that their neighbor should suffer for not carrying on Shabbos. And he says, Chas v'sholem. Mitzvos are noam. Don't inject your own views, especially machlokas with someone else, in order to have them suffer, especially if you're using a mitzvah as an instrument. So we see in this entire shir, going back to our friends, Beishama and Beis Hillel, how even people who could disagree in halacha, we have to make sure that these, these, these disagreements don't, if at all possible, lead to further embarrassment, shame, discomfort, and we should all have the schus of being able to enjoy the mitzvahs together. There are other formulations of this as well, why Chazal said a person shouldn't have to sit in a sukkah, 
when it's raining and why that person is considered to be a head yoke. And you'll see that this Pasuk, Derech HaDarche Noam, is used in that context as well. Have a great week of learning.